You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. My name is Aaron Lutz. Uh, Thanks for listening today. This summer, we're walking through a podcast series on the personality profile type uh, called the Enneagram. So we've said throughout the series that it's just a helpful tool uh, for us to not only know ourselves better, but to ultimately lead us to full devotion uh, to Jesus and to walk faithfully with His church. And so I hope these conversations are helpful for you as we seek to grow not only in our obedience to Christ, but in community and to serve on mission together. So today I'm really excited to be joined by two of my friends, Sarah Beth Dyken and Abby Willis. Thank y'all for joining me today. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, just by way of introduction, uh, Sarah Beth and I grew up together. We've been friends for a long time. How long do you think we've been friends? Uh, it's over 20 years. Yeah. I'd say at least 30, but I don't want to say your age. So <laughs> oh, it's been, it's been something like that. that. <laughs> uh, Sarah Beth is Bruce Wesley's oldest daughter. She has worked and served in several ministries, both as part of the church and uh, just in the ministry world. Uh, her and her husband, Tim, have three boys, currently live in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like an international podcast. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, but y'all are part of a church in what city? Uh, we're in San Juan at Trinity Church. Awesome. There, yeah. Awesome. And your boys are learning Spanish and all that. Yeah, they're That's having cool. a ball. Awesome. Uh, Abby Willis is originally from the Golden Triangle area of Texas, uh, Lamar graduate. What's the what's the mascot of Lamar? Cardinal. Cardinal. All right, so a Cardinal chemical <laughs> engineering uh, degree, but it's been part of Clear Creek for uh, really since like t- 2009. Yeah. Uh, Abby and her husband, Derek, serve on our guest services team. They lead uh, small groups, really faithfully have multiplied groups over the last 10 or 11 years and just really close friends of, of our family. So this is fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Friends for a long time, friends in the last 10 years or so. Uh, I'm grateful just to have a conversation with you guys today. Me too. Thanks. Cool. So one of the first questions we've been asking everybody in this series is, how'd you hear about the Enneagram? Like, what's been your journey with Enneagram, discovering your personality profile? What's that look like for you? Um, well, when we first moved back from Florida, my husband and I, Tim, we uh, started hearing about the Enneagram. My mm. sisters and my parents would talk about numbers yeah. at the dinner table. You know, we're having family <laughs> meals. And Tim and I would just look at each other like, what are they talking about? <laughs> Um, and as the more they talked about it and um, referring to the one and the four, actually, I realized um, a longtime counselor of mine that I had had for many years had referenced the Enneagram oh. as a tool that might be useful for me um, as I came to, you know, see patterns of how I saw God, mm. the world, myself. And um, so then fast forward and I start reading about the Enneagram. Mm. And loving it, but also it took a really long time to nail down my number. Um, and Abby, who's a sweet friend of mine, um, just heard me <laughs> many times um, belabor the issue because I'm like, what number am I? Mm-hmm. She talks uh, about it a lot. <laughs> we, well, everybody knew their numbers so easily or seemed to. Yeah. So we would work out together at the YMCA. Oh, and yeah. so mine was either Sarah Beth or Rachel Cole. I couldn't pinpoint it because you mm. were both really into it. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's how... Cool. I heard about it. Uh, so, Beth, what were you reading at the time that was kind of shaping that for you? Um, it was, I think it was Suzanne Stables. Uh, I might be saying her name wrong, but it was her book, um, The Road Back to You. Yeah. And yeah. then I think it's The Road Between Us, mm-hmm. The Path Between Us. Um, and those were helpful for, I thought, for seeing how um, different types interact. Mm. Um, but it really wasn't until my husband figured out his number okay. and started speaking into just some of the ways that we interact that mm. he said, I really think you're a one. Yeah. And I, I didn't believe him at first. And then Rachel Chester, actually, uh, she and Mandy Turner 
and Abby and Rachel, I would talk to them and they would be like, ah, I think you're one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for ones, we we can be reformers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another word that people like to use is perfectionists. Yeah. And I think for so long I was looking for precision. I was looking for mm-hmm. every number. One number is going to fit me. Yeah. And that's just not the point of the Enneagram. Right. It's a tool. Right, right. It's not. I appreciate what you said. Like in your marriage, you saw benefits of how you're interacting with Tim. With your friends, you were kind of able to do that in community and yeah. not just assess a number, but see how that impacted your relationships. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sarah Beth, you said you're a one. Abby, what does that make you? I'm a two. Awesome. And how'd you come to realize that's who you were, that that personality type? What was that journey like? Yeah, it was pretty easy for me because I know what I'm good at. I know what gives me life uh-huh. and what brings me joy. Um, so I also read the book. The Road Back to You. Yeah. And it was easy to find that I was a number two. But in the book, it says it's a journey. Yeah. Take your time. Wrestle with it. So I'm like, well, do I? should I wrestle with it? <laughs> and then this one over here was taking forever to figure <laughs> out her number. So I'm like, well, you know, you know. So I went back and forth. But I knew I was a two. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So each week in the series, we're really <clears> talking uh, to two different people with two different numbers. And so you both kind of represent the ones and the twos uh, in the series of podcasts you'll hear from fours and fives and eights and nines and all that. But today I want to hear specifically, uh, Sarah Beth, talk about being an Enneagram one. Kind of describe that for us. You said reformer, perfectionist, but maybe in a couple sentences, just tell us what it's like to be a one. Man. Um Ones, they what's, what marks a one typically is what they call the inner critic. Okay. And so they have this inner voice, or you can just call it like a compulsion. Mm. They're constantly seeing what's wrong, mm. what's not complete, or what's incorrect, what's mm. done um, incorrectly. And so it almost feels like um, a barrage mm. of information internally yeah. of what is wrong with the world around them and even within themselves. Mm. And so it can feel... Um, often overwhelming for a one. Mm. and um, But ones can also offer a lot of good critique mm-hmm. if they can come to you know a group of people um, in relationship and have a critical eye, try to um, not have that critical spirit. Right. That's kind of the, the downfall of the one. Because when they start to see everything that's wrong, they start to feel a great sense of responsibility mm-hmm. and that great sense of responsibility they they might say you know or just think like why isn't anyone doing anything about uh. this and so then that brings about resentment mm-hmm. and anger and um that is a really hard place to be because turn inward that looks like shame and depression mm-hmm. and turn outward you really start to cut people off mm-hmm. but in the context of community and submitting those things to God, I just think that it's a great opportunity to see how God is the perfect good. Like there yeah. is no other good outside of Him. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's a hard line. That's really helpful for me. Um, I think there's parts that have tendencies of a one, but I'm not mm-hmm. a one. And so uh, I would think that they're just talking about the barrage of information, constantly seeing everything that can be improved. Uh, talk a little bit about that strength and that that weakness side of that. Like, mm-hmm. how does that not make you really critical? Like, how do you curb that when you see the world in a critical way? Uh, do you assume that everybody sees the world that way because you see the world that way? <laughs> it's funny. I remember talking to my parents about the Enneagram and they talked about the inner critic. Mm. And I go, well, everyone has that. Uh. And they both go, no, no, <laughs> not everyone has that. Yeah. Oh, I thought everyone did. And um, I, I think that when you come into a room, you're constantly thinking 
you know, what can I do to improve the world mm-hmm. around me? Like it, it's almost like this insatiable desire to see good, good in desire, of yourself. It's right? a good desire. Yeah. yeah. But gone awry, it can bring mm-hmm. about a cynicism that can be really harming to yeah. yourself and other people. And so I think um, diving into community and humbling yourself to go, mm-hmm. okay, where are my blind spots? Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm not seeing everything. Sure. And I think that the tendency of the one can be to say, well, I'm seeing things as they should be, so they should just be this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can do things best. I know what to do. Um, and really, if you're in community, everyone's bringing something to the table. Yeah. And yeah. so you want to be, especially, um, you know, when I'm coming to uh, a relationship with a two, for example, mm-hmm. they're going to be the first to offer to help. Mm-hmm. And so following their lead as opposed to just saying, well, I know what's best, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. or yeah. a three who's going to say, well, I'm going to be the pragmatist. I'm going to be really <laughs> effective. Yeah. I'm not. That's not my gifting. Uh, interesting. You know? Yep. So. so it's not like worldviews. As followers of Jesus, we share the same Christian worldview. Sure, yeah. But the way we see the world uh, is just through a different lens with different personality types. It's been helpful for me as we walk through the series. Uh, one last mm-hmm. question about ones. We, we talk about Enneagram has to do with kind of like those early even childhood motivations and mm-hmm. desires. So what are the, the primary desires and motivations of a one, if you haven't already described that? Yeah, so um, justice. Ah. Uh, ones desire goodness. They desire... Um, things to be right with the world. Like yeah. I said, they often are described as, described as perfectionists, but uh, I like reformer. Yeah, improver, reformer. Yeah. I like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's more helpful. Uh, but yeah, I see justice, fairness being the prime, goodness being mm-hmm. the primary desire. And that's even in themselves. Like for mm-hmm. me, I know what I'm thinking all the time. I kind of have mm-hmm. this like constant awareness of my internal motivation. Yeah. So even when I'm doing the right thing, I just feel like I'm beating myself up Mm. because I know what my real motivation is. Um, But that can be good in the sense that you're constantly kind of checking the room of going, are we doing the right thing here? Um, So, Man, it's good. That's really helpful. All right, Abby, let's talk some twos. Okay. So uh, what are twos called? How would you describe that personality type? They're called the helper. Yeah. And they're empathetic, sincere, warm-hearted, people-pleasing, generous, self-sacrificing, sentimental, and they l- are driven to be close to other people. Mm. And they have a desire to be loved mm. and accepted. Mm. Yeah. So, and then, um, which has been a problem because <laughs> if I constantly want to be loved and liked, you know, I've, I've always got to, you know, mm. set that out and have that facade, I guess you would mm. say. So, like, all my life, I've always wanted to be loved and I always looked to people for that mm. instead of God. Mm. And so that's always been an issue growing up sure. and that sort of thing. And also something else, because I said earlier that I wasn't surprised by my number, but I do want to put like a little disclaimer that whenever I was growing up, I didn't know who I was. Mm. I didn't know what people wanted me to be. You know, mm. so it's, like, it's not like I've always known. Like it took me, it took me a while to mm. figure out who I am. Yeah. Um, so, Yeah. Well, a couple of thoughts there. So one, you came to faith in Jesus later as an adult yeah, too, right? As an so adult. Mm-hmm. your primary kind of motivations and baseline of your personality were shaped in early childhood Absolutely. to make you a two. So you were desiring that love, but not from God because you didn't know Jesus, sure. right? Uh, so how does coming to faith in Jesus impact your two-ness? Oh, you it, it gives me relief, mm. you know, like just knowing that I don't have to do, I don't have to perform. Mm. I can just be me and yeah. I'm loved regardless. Yeah. And it's, it's refreshing. Yeah. Well, as your friend, it's fun to be friends with the two. 
because you are kind <laughs> and you are warm. You're all those things. I know. And as a three, so I have some tendencies there too, right? Because yeah. like the way Enneagram works, like if you're uh, one number and you kind of on either side, you may have some tendencies that direction. And so we share some of those same tendencies as well. Uh, talk about some of those just primary motivations, desire, like from early childhood, you talked about desire to be loved, but what else motivates a two uh, for those that are listening? Let's see. Um, you talked about a desire to be loved. That's kind of one of those primary Yeah, that's ones. like the, the main thing. Um, so. You like to be helpful. I do. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, to be loved. Sure. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, basically, to be helpful. Yeah. I want, we need to feel like we're needed mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And that's actually where it becomes sometimes a problem because mm-hmm. you don't know how to say no. Mm-hmm. So my plate will be full and tipping over, and I still say yes because I feel like I need to because if I don't, then they may not love me. Mm. They mm. may be like, oh, well, Abby doesn't care. Mm. I do care. I just don't have time, right? deeply. And and it's hard. Um, Something else like for going from primary desires to struggles, Mm -hmm. going on that side, uh, you're needy, you're codependent, (laughs) you're unworthy of being loved is the way you feel. Um, and then also overdoing it for others. Mm. You can constantly do, do, do. And people might be like, okay, calm down, you mm. know? Uh, I know, I remember growing up, basically, if I heard someone say that they didn't like me, mm. I would be like, what did I do wrong? Mm. What can I do to make them like me? Mm. When other, other numbers are probably like, Pfft. Okay, well, that's yeah. that's their problem, right? Yeah, there's some of those for sure. Right, and I mean, it would crush my soul, you know? Yeah. And um, and so knowing that I'm, I'm free of that is good. And then also overdoing it, you know, it makes me think of the story with Jesus, Mary, and Martha, mm. where Jesus goes into their house, and Martha is the hostess with the mostess, uh, yeah. and she is busy doing a bunch of stuff, yeah. and Mary's just sitting at Jesus' feet, and... Martha actually gets upset and tells Jesus, tell Mary to help me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Mary, I mean, Martha, you are anxious about a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Mary has the good portion, mm-hmm. and this will not be taken from her. Yeah. And so that just reminds me that we aren't supposed to do everything all the time. Yeah. Like there are times where we are, God tells us to rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. be really present helpful. in the moment. Yeah. So even kind of seeing some of those two tendencies in a Martha-type character. Yeah, right? Martha's definitely a two. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We, we can joke about that, but, like, uh, Jesus didn't say his Enneagram number. He didn't, you know, pull his disciples and say he was all a 12. Ten. And like, who's which one of each of these, these things, you know. Uh, and I'd say there's, there's a lot of Enneagram resources out there. A lot of people have written books and hosted mm-hmm. podcasts on defining your personality type, how you interact. And we can talk about some of that. But within our context for this series, one of the ways we've talked about the Enneagram is how does it help us grow as fully devoted followers of Jesus? So mm-hmm. at Clear Creek, we say it all the time. We want to help people move from unchurched to fully devoted followers of Jesus. And our spiritual formation pathway in that is helping people understand their gospel identities and therefore the activities that come from that, mm-hmm. right? So you guys know this, but our, our identity isn't our Enneagram type. Our mm-hmm. identity is as followers of Jesus. We are citizens in God's kingdom. We are brothers and sisters in Christ because we're part of God's family. And we have this identity, gospel identity of missionaries that go and be on mission uh, with what God's called us to do. And so those identities drive certain activities. So I want to walk through that a little bit with you guys and how your Enneagram types uh, shape how you 
you know, apply the gospel to your own life. So we'll start with Sarah Beth. Um, Tell me how learning about your personality type, struggles and strengths, all of that has helped you listen and obey God as a citizen in his kingdom. Yeah, I think um, when I found out I was a one, there was almost like this, uh, I I almost was mad a little Mm. bit and then relieved like, oh, okay, maybe I can kind of learn from Mm. this. Um, as a kid, I would often say to my mom, I wish I just didn't care. Like, I mm. wish I just didn't think about these things. It almost felt like a haunting feeling, mm. um, whether I'm seeing, you know, a kid being bullied and mm. it's, you know, wrong. Just how kids would treat each other really affected me. Yeah. Um, it felt like a great injustice or like not being able to ever feel like I was enough or I was doing enough, even when it came to my quiet times with God, mm. my study of the Bible. Um, like I heard another one say one time, you know, I'd spend an hour in prayer and go, is that enough? Oh, wow. And I thought, yeah. yeah. Mm. And man, when you live that way, you literally, really live in bondage, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like Galatians 5, like he, it's for freedom. You've been set free. Yeah. Like do not take up that yoke of slavery. Yeah. And it feels often like I'm tempted to do that. Like I can, I can do this well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think following Christ has made me go, okay, Jesus and I mean, the fa- my father knows everything that's wrong with this world. Mm. He sees it before I do. Yeah. And so this idea that I'm going to be able to perfect myself or change and reform everything around me, mm-hmm. um, if I can see that as, okay, instead of me taking that on and owning that, I get to bring that to him and mm-hmm. go, God, here's what I'm seeing. What would you have me do? Oh, that's good. Like, would you change this? And if, if you'll use me, oh. I'm here. Yeah. That desire for justice that we talked about already is it's a gospel uh, instinct too, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just because you're a one. It's because like you see the world's broken because of sin, right? right? And you want exactly. to be attuned to that. So I would imagine as a one, you, you see injustices or a desire or a command for justice in the scriptures, maybe even in a different way than I would or that Abby would. And uh, I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Abby, with you, just briefly, anything the way it affects like a two, how you listen and obey God? Yeah, I would say it frees me up because I know I'm a child of God. And, you know, so I don't have to look to others for acceptance that I'm, you know, I'm free to follow Jesus. Yeah, yeah. You're not defined by that. No, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So let's talk about loving and serving then. Abby, I'm curious, uh, how's learning about your Enneagram type uh, and the way you interact with people in God's church? Like, not just in, you know, talk about your marriage some, how you interact with your kids, your friends, but but more specifically, like, how does that impact the way you love and serve the church? Okay. Yeah. Uh, So for me, like I said earlier, it's hard to say no to people. Mm. Um, If someone sends me a mill train, someone had a baby or surgery or whatever it may be, I feel like I have to sign up, um, even if I don't have the capacity to do it. And I even feel like others, and y'all could probably tell me if this is true or not, <laughs> will go and look at that website to see if I signed oh, up or not. <laughs> you're first. It's like, yep, Abby's already got it. <laughs> and so, you know, and then if I didn't, then I'm thinking I'm being judged. Uh. I feel like, oh, Abby didn't sign up to take them a meal in the next couple weeks, you know? Yeah. So, uh, um So, and that's actually been a problem because I will serve and serve and serve. I mean, there's been times where I've taken families in one week, four meals, Mm. different people. And Derek has actually had to remind me multiple times that my family Mm. is my priority Mm -hmm. because I will actually neglect them to serve serve others. others. Yeah. 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 So that's been... A balance having, I'm still learning. I'm still definitely learning that. It's hard to say no to things. 
But I will say, I've learned it's okay to say no. Mm. And those people I say no to, they're still gonna love me. Yeah, They're my friends, yeah. you know? They're okay with it. Um, for the church, so Derek and I lead the guest services team, mm-hmm. and we're there every Sunday, we're serving, and I don't feel like it is a bother or it's, it's, it's not like I don't get annoyed with it because mm-hmm. it gives me life. Yeah. I love walking in new people and chatting to friends and answering questions or telling them about our church. Yeah. Uh, so that's how I love the church is just to try to create this warm and welcoming atmosphere mm-hmm. and let them feel loved and known. Yeah. Like I try to remember their names because I want them to come out of that service and I want to recall their name because that's hard. A lot of people don't remember people's names. You do a great job of that. You know, and so remembering that, people can be like, huh, wow, I must be important enough for her to remember me, right? Yeah. So the that primary identity is that we're a family, right? And so we we love and serve each other because we're a family. That's what families do. And so I would imagine twos like excel at being a family and excel oh, yeah. at loving and serving because mm-hmm. it's just natural for you. Yeah. Uh, for other personality types, I, I think we have the same desire for everybody. It's like, hey, I don't want you to see a volunteer role in the church like as a job to do. Right. People are like, oh, I got to work at the church this Sunday. No, 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 you don't. You're going to love and serve your family. Absolutely. You know, like, I don't volunteer to watch my kids at home. That's <laughs> my kids. Like, I love them, so I serve them in that way. And yeah. so I love that you see your role in the church as part of the church family. And I, I hope that's true for everybody that serves at Clear mm-hmm. Creek. Uh, but Sarah, talk about that same thing. Like, how does being a one impact the way you love and serve God's church, your family, your your kids, all that? Um, I think with my family primarily, um, I'm constantly looking you know, for that ideal of like, okay, with a dis- discipleship, mm-hmm. what is the latest research? Like, what am I? Mm. What can I add in to how we are discipling our kids cool. at home? Um, so I'm constantly looking at curriculum mm-hmm. and um, thinking through, like, you know, reading parenting books, yeah. um, and how sometimes boys, obsessively. Kind of yeah, yeah, with three boys. Yeah, I saw you post something the other day. Um, you know, I didn't grow up with boys, so I'm mm-hmm. like, when I started having boys, I thought, God, I am not going to do this well. Mm. But um, I think God's been faithful to remind me that He will equip me as needed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. so. I have been mindful, especially in my marriage, um, you know, and my husband has learned to gently prod me (laughs) toward resting because he'll see, okay, you're getting really rigid. Like you're making rules for the family as far as like, you know, we're going to do this every morning and we're going to clean this up every Mm. evening. And, you know, it's just, it's taking out a lot of the joy. Mm. It's like, we might be reaching this ideal as far as running a tight ship and doing all these things that we need to do as a family Mm. to have a healthy family but yeah. you're not resting and it's affecting all of us. Yeah. And so he will, you know, push me to go work out, you know, mm-hmm. go rest, go take a nap. Yeah. Ones don't nap well. Yeah. Um, and so with the church though, it's, it is really fun, especially we're a part of a very small church. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of need. Um, and so, you know, the other day, um, our pastor's wife said, hey, we've got all these resources and we need someone to categorize them mm. and try to figure out like a library system. Yeah. And I'm probably not the best at that, but I thought <laughs> I get to fix something, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. I, got, I got so excited. And Tim's like, all right, cool. <laughs> okay, that just sounds so boring. <laughs> like, I just get to look at books all day. So, you know, it gets fun when you think about problems to solve. 
just got to be careful. Question <laughs> about ones with that. So like I, I joke with people, I like to mow my yard because I see immediate gratification from it, yeah. right? Like I yeah. see what was and now what is, and like I enjoy that. So is that true for a one when it comes to loving and serving? It's like I saw improvement. Like mm-hmm. you almost almost need to uh, – I'm not projecting. I'm asking. Yeah. Do you need to see fruit from the way you serve because of your personality type? I, I think so. I, and – my tendency, I'm not saying this is right, my tendency to go is if we can't do it right, why do it at all? Yeah. Um, and so sometimes I have to remind myself, good is good enough. Yeah. Um, don't make perfect or best the enemy of yeah, good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So. That is often the case for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Beth, will stay with you, and then we'll ask Abby as well, but uh, how does your Enneagram type, how does the way you see the world and really your story, your life, how does that shape how you uh, go and multiply? Like mm-hmm. your, your missionary impulse, uh, how yeah. does that impact that? Um, well, I really saw that being fleshed out in college. Mm. Um, a lot of my, I found it easy to be friends with people who um, struggled with God. Mm. Um, I myself went through a lot of doubt and frustration yeah. with the Lord yeah. um, in college. And I came to see that it was because I saw how imperfect the world was, how unjust huh. it was. And I would think, God, like you are a just and good God. Why are you letting these things happen? Yeah. Yeah. And so when people who did not believe in God, who really struggled with the church, mm. would talk, I felt like I could draw near without mm. any kind of fear. Yeah. I could listen to them, I could hear them out, and I could maybe offer truth yeah. um, where some people I think might go, well, you know, if you're not going to listen to yeah. what I have to say. Yeah. I think that it just was easy for me to be in those contexts. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, some people aren't worried about some mm. of those hard questions because they don't have the same desire for justice that a one might have. And that doesn't mm. make them less intellectual or less, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, whatever. It's just they see the world differently because mm-hmm. of that type. That's that's really interesting. But the way that plays out in missions and evangelism is like you are drawn to certain people that maybe others with different personality types aren't. And so that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Abby, what about you? How does uh, being a two impact how you're on mission as a missionary? Yeah. So I think this one's kind of easy for me because I love people. I love being around people. I love making them feel invited and all that. Um, So when I do love people well, I feel that it opens up the door to their lives. Mm. And so then I can serve them and speak truth to them and pray with them and talk about Jesus. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think that's definitely one thing. And you were also, now I'm trying to remember what you were saying. Um, I lost my train of thought. So I will, I will stop right there on, <laughs> on that one. <laughs> I'm curious about this with ones and twos in the room. So we talk about like uh, sharing the gospel often happens in like word and deed. So I would yeah. think in a two who has a desire to help and to serve, you may lean towards the deed side. Uh, does a one lean towards word, like towards towards like truth over grace, or is that not oh, a, a fair comparison? I think that that's a constant struggle. At least yeah. for me, that's a constant struggle because I'll see Abby serving yeah. other people, especially people outside of the church and trying to you know, just love them well. Mm-hmm. And I'll think, well, I got to do that. But really, I just want to have a good conversation with them. Yeah. Like I want to kind of poke at their doubt and poke yeah. at, you know, why, what is your relationship with the Lord? Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like now if, as you feel far from him? Yeah. Um, and so and I think both numbers want to do that. Mm-hmm. I think that for the one, it's getting at to that piece of, I just, I really want to see things made right yeah, in your good. life and with God. That's really good. Any thought for you? Does, I mean, obviously you lean towards deed, but um, did you struggle to have those conversations after mm-hmm. that? No. Good. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Um, I think whenever someone is hurting 
and you can come walk alongside them and love them, and you're there the entire way. Um, there's ample amount of time where you can speak to them yeah. and love them and encourage them yeah. and speak truth. Yeah. Well, I've seen both of you interact as missionaries in very different ways, right? But the way you described in college, like I saw you do a lot of those things, but like I've seen you have a lot of different pockets of friends that yeah. you love and serve really, really well. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the things I appreciate about you guys. Uh, all right, let's wrap up with this. My favorite question of the series. I've enjoyed this one. Uh, for those listening, how can we better love someone with your personality type? So I'm not as- asking you to speak on behalf of all ones and all twos, but for you, like, how does somebody love a one better by knowing their type? Um, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I think when you, first of all, encourage one to rest. Mm. But when a one cares deeply about something, I think one of the worst things you can say is, oh, that doesn't matter. Don't worry about ah. that. If a one's like, no, this, this needs to be resolved. We need to fix this. Like, help me think through this. Yeah. Like, let's reason together about yeah. this. Um, if you can have a really in-depth conversation with a one and mm. not make them feel like they're too much, mm. that is like, they feel like you're on their team. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So as a three, we talked about this earlier, like we can be a little pragmatic, right? Yeah. So like ones might slow me down from reaching totally. my goal of getting to the finish <laughs> yes. line, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that's helpful for me to hear, like mm-hmm. not to be dismissive of someone who really has a desire to do the same thing we do, mm-hmm. uh, but to make it even better to reform. That's really, really helpful. Uh, Abby, what about you? How can we love somebody who's a two even better? So I don't like this question. I know you don't. (laughs) Because you're not supposed to ask a two how you can help them. Because they're going to say, they're going to say nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's probably going to be the case for a lot of people, twos. You know, Uh, they're going to say, oh, no, I'm fine. Uh, It's hard for us to turn the lens back on ourselves and think about ourselves and what we truly need. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I would say, the way you can love them well is when you do ask them, hey, how can I help out? And if they say... I'm good. Press. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. push in and really and try um, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So my wife, I don't think she struggles to find which identity, like which uh, personality type she has. She's processed this with both of y'all, but she has some two tendencies in mm-hmm. that she wants to help a lot of people. Uh, but she also knows that about herself. And she's like, people won't tell you what they need. So you just show up and do right. Agreed. Uh, and so that must, that has to be true for you as a two. It's yeah. like, Hey, don't ask me, just show up and love and serve me. And also just being friends with your husband. Like I know he wants to love you intentionally and finds ways to do that because that's how you receive love as well. Yeah. Be served in that way. So that's really, really helpful. uh, Twos also don't give time to themselves. So like you said earlier, Mm -hmm. encouraging a one, encourage a two to spend time and do things that maybe give, bring them joy. Yeah. You know, so they do have that room to maybe be creative with other things and not constantly have the focus on others. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, that was the last planned question I have. Do y'all have anything else you want to talk about? Are there things about being a one or a two you didn't communicate? They're like ones and twos. Y'all need to hear this. Oh, gosh. That's okay if you don't. You know, people but. actually thought I was a seven. Yeah? A lot of people think I'm seven. Because you're fun. Yeah. You, you are bring fun. bring life to the party. Yeah. And everyone's very, yeah, they think I'm a seven, but I'm not spontaneous. And I'm, I, I like fun. I'm loud. I'm outgoing. And I like to party and have a good time. And that's it. I'm nothing <laughs> yeah. else about a seven. <laughs> I would right. say Enneagram has been super helpful in our marriage. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mm-hmm. would just encourage people that, you know, if you're going through a rough spot, things are even just dry. Like, mm-hmm. do the Enneagram with mm-hmm. one another. Because I know for Tim and I, that's been super helpful to um, even talk about our communication styles, the mm-hmm. way we feel loved. Oh, it's like, I thought you were doing this because of this. Because Enneagram looks at motivation, not yeah. just behavior. Yeah. 
And so when I'm able to go, oh, no, I, I meant this. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we, it gives us language mm-hmm. to discuss some of those friction points. Yeah, that's really helpful. Really helpful. I would assume neither of your husbands share the same Enneagram type that you do. No. Right? no. Uh, and Bethany, I don't either. And often, like, we complement each other, not mm-hmm. just in our personality types, but also in our skills and those kind of things. I think it's a beautiful part yeah. uh, of marriage in that way. Well, thank you guys for joining me on the podcast. Really grateful for both of y'all. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm really grateful for your friendships, for your partnership in the gospel, and really for those listening, I hope it's been a helpful conversation, uh, not only for ones and twos, but for those that love ones and twos. And uh, I hope you see how God has shaped you to better love and serve His church. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today.